Welcome to the 6th Amazing Race 30 recap episode of URT number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who can't sing any songs in Shona, but does know Shoshaloza, Logan Saunders. Hey there, what do you say there, world? And the lady who, when asked to list her greatest achievements, did not include either of her daughters, Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Hardy ha ha. <laughs> so, do you guys know how... Guess how many racers have blocked racers recap? Two. And guess how many racers have blocked RTV Warriors? None. <laughs> that we know <laughs> of. <laughs> Seems as though I think Tokels has unblocked us now. <laughs> Who's blocked them? You know who. Oh, okay. We're not mentioning their names, but them. Really? Why did they do that, I wonder? There was no explanation. They haven't messaged Justin once about why they blocked him. Justin still has no clue. Like, no, because they, they haven't even mentioned it through any of the contestants or fans as to why he was blocked. Both of those racers did block him at some point right after they interviewed uh, Locus and Brittany. And I've been listening to every racer's recap, and I can't figure out exactly what he's even said that would result in, in them blocking him. But what people say is not relevant, Logan, when you have a podcast like ours where we say much worse things about these people and don't get any repercussions. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much we've been able to get away with over the past few years? There's only been one incident I can think of where I've gotten into a little bit of trouble, and that's been yeah. it. It's great. Where we have literally gone out of our way to not mention them once where possible. Yeah, I haven't been blocked. I've che- I was che- after I heard that. I was checking Twitter. I was checking Instagram, and I'm still. I can see everything. So we're beginning this episode in a very gloaty tone, as you might have guessed. <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't know, a certain team in this cast who we have not mentioned decided to block Justin from season 27 at some point a little over a week ago, and no one knows exactly why. And, of course, this led to a certain team's fans going really crazy at Justin on Twitter. It is one of the funniest Twitter feuds I have ever seen. It's so (laughs) weird. What's wrong with these people? Get a life. And it's even crazier because I even gained insight into the certain fan base where, like, one one person in the fan base was, like, leaking out stuff from the private chat. I guess people in this fan base have their own chat room where I guess they get all this private information and somebody's been leaking it out as if they're as if it's espionage and then other people were freaking out saying, Oh, you were part of this family, blah 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 blah. Like, my God. I didn't realize how intense that certain team's fan base was until they started talking to Justin on Twitter this past week. And hilariously Justin has been comparing it to the time when a certain team's fans tried to run you off the internet. Yeah, that's why I feel we had to address it, because Justin, on the Racers recap when that happened about two years ago, he was publicly defending me, along with other racers as well. So I feel that on this podcast, that we need to, we pretty much have to do the same for him. Although I don't even know what we're defending, because the the, the team that blocked him hasn't even said why yet. Basically, we're going to use our incredibly limited influence to probably make this worse. 
<laughs> Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> that sums us up well. <laughs> yeah, we're only we're only th- we're only throwing gasoline on this fire. <laughs> Zero influence, even less tact. The RTP Warriors way. Yes, that's our new slogan. But oh. yeah, if, if by some miracle that team or their crazy bitch fans are listening, please don't be mean to Justin. Logan is right there. And Logan will be nice back to you back. Use all of your hatred towards the Canadian that is around us. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Enough of that. <laughs> that's what he's here for. He's basically our podcast punching bag. <laughs> but yeah, please, anyone stop being mean to Justin. Because he doesn't even know why. He doesn't even know why everyone's being mean. And then completely made up facts about this season of The Amazing Race, including why the rains have increased, have now been directed towards Justin. (laughs) There's much more reprehensible people to have a go at. Yeah. Definitely. Having said that, if they're going towards Justin rather than towards Britney, that's probably for the best at the moment. Yeah. that's, That's actually, yeah. If the alternative is Britney, then by all means... Tweet hate tweets to the guy in the green shirt. Justin can take it. He's used to it from his season because they were way worse during 27. Yes. So let's get on to one of three double headers to finish off this season. I'm spoiling this is going to be a very quick podcast. <laughs> this is good. I can get on with my Sunday. Michelle, you got two lions this weekend. What? You got two lions this weekend. You were constantly complaining that you didn't get a lion at all on a Saturday or a Sunday. Oh, yes. And we arranged everything for you, because we're nice like that. Oh, so good. I got up at 8.30 today. Amazing. Oh, my God. That's even more than what I sleep in. <laughs> Consider this your present for it being 50 podcasts together now. Woohoo! How did I put up with you for this long? Because Merry Half Century, Michelle. We mentioned it on Hunted and I cut the reference deliberately because I was going to do it on this one instead. But Merry Half Century with me. Thank you very much. When you guys said lions, I thought you were talking about actual lions, which made me think of Cecil the lion. Poor Cecil. <laughs> Bit shoehorned that, Logan. <laughs> so previously, six teams raced from France to Prague. An instant U turn saw Trevor and Chris shunted to the back of the pack. Lucas and Brittany hated lectures while Christy and Jen enjoyed beer at the detour before everyone faced a switchback roadblock. Christy and Jen won the leg while Trevor and Chris went out of tune and out of the race. And just for the record, Christy and Jen are not a lesbian couple because people on Twitter think they are. Why? I don't Why? know. What maybe is wrong they, with maybe they had some weird fantasy maybe they had some weird okay. fantasy at night or something. I don't know. Maybe the X games turns into triple X games, but sorry. Jen's got a family. Does Christy? Um, I don't know. I don't stalk their social media that much. Maybe Christy should have her own blog, considering Jen has hers. Then, then, then I know more about Christy. And talking of um, of Jen and blogs, she did call you out. Yeah, Jen and I have actually been. I've probably been communicating with her more than anybody this season. Yeah, she friend requested me on Facebook uh, a couple weeks ago. That's nice. And quite hilariously, she did fact check him on one of his blogs. Yes, which I welcome. And now the averages are going to be so thrown off because of the partner twist. I mean, Jen technically is the only racer that's always finished in the top three this season. Christy, not so much. (laughs) And teams must now fly to Harare in Zimbabwe and take a train to the town of Maradona, or Marandera. 
Yeah, I was thinking Maradona. I I know somebody from Argentina, and I I, I know who Maradona. I've learned who Maradona is by now. And then take a taxi to Emiro Rhino and Wildlife Conservatory to get their next clue at a bush camp. It's not an orphanage this time with uh, Zimbabwe. We're going on a safari. Essoon safari. And Christy and Jen depart at 10.08am with Eric and Daniel at 10.48. Then we get no departure time for Henry and Evan. Alex and Connor depart at 11.44. And Lucas and Brittany depart at 11.50. Why just the one missing departure time? I don't know. I was quite confused. But also we had no intro this week, so maybe that was cut for time as well. Yeah, because I don't know why the intro was cut, considering that the final task of the two-hour episode had more... I'm not exaggerating with this, by the way. It had more airtime than the entire Jamaica leg from the finale of Season 7 of The Amazing Race. How do you know that? Did you time them? Well, oh I just know God. I just know that the Jamaica leg had a running time of about 20... Five or twenty-six minutes off the top of my head because I timed it when that happened, and then when the the Zimbabwe like aired a few days ago, I know that the performance task at the end of the episode took up uh, three segments total when the episode aired on TV. Three there's three commercial breaks and all entirely laid within the task, so that would be that'd be right around the same amount of time because on average, it's about eight or nine minutes uh, uh, per segment on TV. And Michelle, do you remember when we were talking about Anoraks on the Hunted podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still don't get why you use the term Anorak, but I will take it as it is. It's because train spotters stand there in the rain wearing Anoraks, like, listing down the numbers of trains. That's just the term. So funny. Yeah, by the end of that, by the end of the song segment, I could actually sing the song. I'm like, you guys, come on. You can get this. Well, Michelle, how would you like to do a rendition? <laughs> well, I can't do it now. I haven't seen it for 48 hours. Well, Michelle, it'll take me about 24 hours to edit the podcast, so that's your challenge. It'll be the stinger. I can, I can, do, I can hum the tune. No, you've got, you've got 24 hours to send me a recording. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I can do that. There's your challenge. <laughs> and listeners will find out whether Michelle actually succeeds in her challenge at the end of the podcast. <laughs> And in case you weren't sure that Eric and Daniel were going home, the travel agent manages to mention the fact they've got a family photo on one of the backpacks. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is this is the end of the road for you guys. Everyone was pretty much certain that this, this was going to be their elimination episode. And they were right. I'm slightly confused as to how this episode's going to work in Canada, though, because these two legs are split in Canada. Oh, really? They're not going to air on the same uh, night? No, the, the only one that's airing as a double is the finale. Oh, so I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Yeah, I guess they'll, they'll find a way. And on the way to the uh, wildlife sanctuary, I noticed that Henry and Evan's taxi has a cracked windscreen. Welcome to Zimbabwe. It took a long time for them to get to the tent city place. Wildlife sanctuary. The wildlife sanctuary, yes. It took them a long time to get there. You can just tell that how winded and tired they were by the time they got there. Well, Christy and Jen said 30 hours. Yeah, I think that would be about right. Saw travel without doing any actual racing. And teams must now put up a safari tent and stay in it overnight. And the order in which they put up their tents will have an impact on the race. This is like family edition type tasks. In family edition, they had a tent building task. And that determined the order in which you left the following day. Granted, I don't think too many family vacations would happen in Zimbabwe. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can you imagine the Gagan family like at a Mugabe uh, coup d'état? I mean, that would that would be some interesting footage. And Henry and Evan say that they do not camp. And Connor describes himself as a human support zone. Oh, this is such a good episode for Connor's unintentional humour. He's such a dope. It's kind of funny because no one supports him. And Lucas and Brittany finish in second with Henry and Evan in third, Christian Jane in fourth, Eric and Daniel in fifth, and Alex and Connor last. Alex and Connor never do well at these uh, construction tasks. They can't can't build a trebuchet and now they can't uh, put up a tent faster than other teams. If individual racers had to put up a tent, I would put money on Connor being the last generally. Because you know he can't fend for himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you don't know if he's been on camping holidays when he was young? Yeah, but he's a complete ditz. He can't do anything on his own. <laughs> he's a man-child. <sighs> his poor future <laughs> wife. He's basically the booby prize if this was a singles season. He's the Joey Cavino of singles. <laughs> oh, Joey's not that bad. Love you really, Joey. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I love winding up Camino. It's so much fun. <laughs> and we get another Big Brother 19 reference in a way I wasn't expecting this season as Phil decides to do his best Josh Martinez impression and wakes everybody up with pans and pots at four o'clock in the morning. He does. And what a wonderful wake up. Oh, the sun's rising, by the way, you swapping partners. Have fun. <laughs> I wish he would have just like gone into the tents or I don't know, like use this rhino horn. But I, I, I think he could have been more creative than just a random pot and pan to uh, wake everybody up. He should have found a conch shell. I'm sure Jeff Probst has got one lying around somewhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or just play tiny bubbles on a really loud speaker. Now that is so random. They should have been woken up to the dulcet tones of B44. Or Denise and James Earl's rapping. That's what should have played on the speakers. It's four o'clock in the morning in Zimbabwe, and all you hear is, If you get down on me, I'll get down on you. Yeah, B44 would have been also a good choice. Or or the Vietnamese communist song. Like, just something from, like, to really celebrate 30 seasons of The Amazing Race. Just use the Vietnamese communist song from season 22. I mean, I know a certain team would have loved that. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what they ate for breakfast and dinner when they were there. That's what I was thinking. Well, whenever they have a, a rest stop in Africa, it tends to be like barbecue of some description. If you remember the the Thanksgiving meal in 26 in Namibia, they, they had like a full Thanksgiving meal, but I think they had pretty much a barbecue. Yeah, they all were allowed to eat together. It was the only time in season 26 where the racers were allowed to hang out at the pit stop together. That'd be fun. I wonder what they ate... So that, did, we, did we actually, was it an actual barbecue or was it like, I don't know, the remains of a dead poacher? Like, what was it? Well, I heard the herbs and spices were actually just rhino horn, ground up. <laughs> the poachers managed to fool them. It's like, no, we swear it's herbs and spices. It's just really expensive for an unexplained reason. It's Zimbabwean salt. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that supposed to be a lead into a Mike, Michael Rado impression? Surprisingly not, but feel free to do one. You know I love, uh, you know I love a radio impression. It's just herbs and spices, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't capture and slaughter a rhino uh, right before dusk yesterday. It's my secret blend of fourteen herbs and spices, Liz. It's the Rado no. family recipe. <laughs> oh, Michael, don't do that again. It's Logan. Logan does him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now we found out what's really in Zimbabwean fried chicken. <laughs> we are getting nowhere in this podcast. What did you say about it being quick? I don't we're, think so. We're getting about as much nowhere as uh, a couple of teams did uh, in this uh, first Harari leg when uh, driving through the mud. We're traveling about the same rate. Jesus, and we're not even up there yet. So, yeah, we get new teams. Christy and Jen swap with the team who shan't be named. Lucas and Brittany and Alex and Connor swap. And Henry and Evan and Eric and Daniel. And to be fair, I would have done this partner swap slightly differently. As would I. I didn't like the structure to the swap. No, we all complained that the averages are going to be messed up by this. And that's true. The way to combat doing that is to literally say, you guys are first. You can individually pick your partners. You can't pick two people from the same team. And you can't pick each other. And then you have yeah. six actual hybrid teams. You can still keep the rule in saying you can only cross the pit stop when your partner gets there. But then that would have given us an actual structure. Mm. Yeah, I would prefer that too, where the six teams really integrate. Because all, all this ended up really being, for the, well, with one exception, is that for the six teams, were, it was like a semi-intersection for two of the, two of the pairs of swaps. Because it would be much harder to work with another team if it's if all the partners were all mixed together, rather than just like a straight swap between two teams. Yeah, I'll say, right, you guys finish the tent first. You can pick someone from the, the second team. One of you has to pick someone from the second team, one of you has to pick someone from the last team. Yeah, that would have been the way to do it. Because I didn't like how this was almost a triple, how this was almost an intersection, really. Yeah, it was a damp squib of a twist. They hyped this up and it really wasn't that good. I must say it was quite the trip, though, to try to watch it on screen, especially when I use initials for a lot of the teams and the swaps worked out so the initials remain the same. And I'm thinking, son of a bitch, this is going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, I deliberately named them in the same order if they had the same initials. So, of course, we had Christian, she who shall not be named. We had Henry and Eric. It worked out nicely. Yeah. But, man, just hmm. if you... I've been watching the race for so long, that would have been so tough to try and process what was going on or figuring which twin was with who, especially when they're both, they were both wearing hats. Like, the only difference between <laughs> Eric and Daniel is that one is bald and one is slightly less bald, but how am I supposed to tell if they're both wearing hats? <laughs> so yeah, teams have to row a raft on Imiri Lake to get some canteens and their next clue. And Phil even gets to do his own homage to Deputy Minister Patana, and he gets a mini go. And Jen says that she is her partner's worst nightmare. <laughs> Did you notice when they'd all picked their teams, or when they were talking about swapping, every team was sort of surprised, but they were smiling, except for the team who shall not be named. Every single team had smiles on their faces, and they were like in shock. Well, yeah, they've only been together like 11 weeks by this point. They barely even know anyone else's names. And once teams find their canteens, they have to head to the lookout tower to find their next clue, which is a detour. And it's Rhino Track or Bushwhack. And in Rhino Track, the hybrid teams must go on a horseback ride along a path, picking up eight examples of debris left by poachers. Then they must correctly place the pieces on a map to get their next clue. And in Bushwhack, teams must follow a trail in a 4x4 and replenish a station with water to get their next clue. And which detour would you have picked? I think I would have picked the horses, even though my di skills in direction are really warped. But I would re I would remember the order. I think the 4x4s took less time. 
if you can drive. Yeah. Yeah, if I just got to be in the back seat the whole time, for sure, let's do the 4x4 task. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> this is great. I would say the horses are much cooler, but the 4x4 task is probably quicker. And if you're not guaranteed that a hybrid team isn't getting eliminated at the end of the leg, you would probably go towards the task that looks quicker. A car is faster than a horse. But not if it gets stuck in the mud. Horses can get stuck in mud too. (laughs) Not as drastically. (laughs) (laughs) Like the winch applied, like connected to the horse and wind it back and forth. (laughs) The hooves aren't coming out of the mud. I'm trying my best. (laughs) Why isn't this working? You can imagine Raider just stood there thinking, we might have to put it down, Liz. <laughs> we'll send it to a nice farm. It's one of these podcasts, isn't it? Oh, God. It's because, it's because you know, it, you're both silly and it's sort of nighttime, isn't it? And there's so little material from this episode. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. We made, I made like five poaching jokes already. No, I mean in terms of actual interesting things in the episodes. This was a boring pair. I mean, when one task takes up about 25% of the two hours, it does limit us a bit in terms of interesting things to talk about. I was actually kind of surprised on Reddit. People were saying, oh, this is the best pair of uh, Africa legs that we've uh, seen in years and years. And then a few people immediately responded with, "Um, no, did you see the, the pair of Ghana legs from season 17? The sunglasses task? The endless amount of entertainment with that or Nick and Vicky's meltdowns at the orphanage and people randomly circling the kids at the orphanage um, and the geography challenge that really embarrassed some teams. I have a soft spot for the Namibia Legs of 26 as well. I quite like them. Well, that gnome went on some crazy adventures. Travelocity gnome got really got to shine during uh, that special. And Stephen Alley, you've actually found out that they had personality. I love the the sort of really quite dick move of that roadblock hint. That's why I have such a soft spot for it. It's just like, yeah, who wants to go skydiving? Because it's not going to be you. <laughs> and there are only a limited amount of 4x4s in a machine, meaning there's only a limited amount of horses as well. And Brittany says, I found coal. Too bad it isn't a diamond. Oh, wait, I already have one of those. I I was surprised Sherry wasn't nearby the coal. I just love how it's blatantly obvious that Brittany is being pushed to make all these... Um, these engagement jokes, and everyone online hates it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's all she talks about. It's like, well, yeah, three days ago she did get proposed to in France, in a beautiful romantic spot, and also she's getting pushed by the producers to say these things. And during the 4x4 task, teams have to get out and make sure there's no crocodiles in the water. What with, the hell is that about? With their feet. Yes, why did he even say that? Like, seriously? As if that's a thing. If I had to put money on which version was going to make people wade through a river with crocodiles in it, I would put money on Hammerots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have to say that just for Jordan, because I know it really annoys him when I pronounce it wrong. I wish we would have had like the Happy Gilmore scene when he wrestles the crocodile, or the guy that eats Chubb's hands, like, Alligator, Alligator, bit my hand! I wish that would have happened with one of the racers' uh, feet uh, this episode. Feet are overrated anyway. I mean, you know, you have Sarah from season 10, you have Amy from season 22, Jody from Ace and Race Canada 1. So really... Redmond. Don't forget Red. 
Redmond, right? Recent example, of course. I held his foot. So you know that feet aren't exactly necessary. So why not use it to uh, use it as an alligator uh, safeguard test? You got to protect the vehicle. And I happen to know that Amazing Race China, the celebrity edition, did have a speed bump involving going over a rickety bridge and um, being attached to a platform that had meat on the bottom and going over crocodiles. That's crazy. Crazy good. That's the sort of task we need more of. Put people in danger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did. I mean, they really tried this season. We did have Cedric, who had five million heart attacks or whatever it was. So, and two two professional eaters who clearly hadn't moved more than I don't know twenty feet in the past year. So, I mean, producers really tried this season. And Brittany also says that it might be a bit overkill to get married on horseback. This is her dream leg, all right. <laughs> Well, that's quite the honeymoon, you know. You get you get proposed to in France, and then you get to go on an African safari. Is it fair to say that Brittany is the funniest character of the season? Well, of April and she Sarah. There's April and Sarah. I think they they would. Tr- they, it'd be really close between them and and uh, and Brittany. And of course, Connor gets himself stuck in the mud because he's Connor and he's a dope. And then Jen and her partner leave Bush in first, and teams must now find the Savannah Plains Overlook. The pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in, may slash won't, be eliminated. Daniel had the worst pun I think I may have ever heard on The Amazing Race. No, the worst two puns in this episode. What the horse, he said that it was the main idea, uh, which, I mean, that's not really, let's not really put much effort into it. And then, uh, when they were going back to Harare at the start of the next leg, he said, oh yeah, in the detour, we rode on, uh, we were riding in a vehicle that had two horsepower. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, guys. Mm-hmm. And they do arrive first, but they have to wait for their partners to be able to check in. And spoilers, they're going to be waiting a while. I'm not meaning to really back up a little bit, but uh, with the paddling task, I, I've been writing that... Uh, Pretty much each season needs some sort of uh, paddling task because it's a task that is pure teamwork, and I'm glad they did that as the first task right after right after switching partners. Yeah, and also it's a chance for Brittany to shine, given that she's actually a champion rower. Yes, <laughs> rower or paddler, because apparently there's a very important distinction between the two. She's a rower, isn't she? I think champion rower, but taught him how, taught Connor how to or taught Alex how to paddle. So I remember she corrected him, and I just wrote that on my notes, thinking that was kind of funny. Like, come on, Alex, know the proper terminology. Come on now. And Alex and Brittany do leave Rhino in second, and Lucas becomes the wench king. That looks so hard. So hard. Yeah, the person in the back seat, Logan, would have to get out and do that. So I don't think you'd want to be in the back seat. I've watched somebody <laughs> crank the wench before. I bet you have. That's not how I meant it, my goodness. But that is something I can clip, so thank you very much, Logan. (laughs) Moving on, um, let's see. Oh yeah, Brittany referred to her horse as Inspector Gadget by by telling it to go Gadget, go. So I haven't heard an Inspector Gadget on The Amazing Race in quite some time, if ever. I remember at the time that the Inspector Gadget film came out, there was a rumour that Matthew Broderick broke every bone in his body. Every single one. Every single one. No exceptions. Even the ones in his ears. That's what I was about to say. Even the little ones in your ears? <laughs> yep. Everything. That was the rumour. And you know that the editors are on our wavelength when they love teasing Connor as much as I do. They really tease him. When he said he'd love to see anyone get through 
the 4x4 task without getting bogged, and then they immediately cut to a clip of a team doing that. Yes. <laughs> Just powering through. What team was going sideways into that mud pit? That was Henry and Eric, I think. Oh, for goodness sake. Even I know you don't go sideways. What's that? I like how... Jen and a certain racer had quite the dilemma of whether or not to switch detours because they both were really doubting their partners' abilities to succeed at the other task. They're like, ooh, should we switch so we're not completely screwed? And of course, when the other team is being instructed not to get distracted by the little Bambis, it's really tough to hear the animals there be referred to as Bambi when you know what happens at the end of the movie Bambi on a protection reserve that's supposed to prevent animals from being poached. I think the last thing you want to hear in a place that's exposed to poachers is, hey, look at the Bambis over there. And all you can hear is just the the faint voice of Michael Rado going, I'm coming to get you, Liz. Oh, oh really? Stop it. I'm only doing it so much because I know you don't like it now, Michelle. Um, and Connor nearly runs over the zebras. He nearly ran over them without mercy. Well, that would be dinner for the evening. I, oh, I know why he ran over them. Because there's the checkered flag in IndyCar racing and zebras are black and white. He was just doing it by pure instinct from his profession. And um, Lucas and Connor arrive at the pit stop in third which means that Alex and Connor and Lucas and Brittany are equal first, leaving the first part of what I'm calling the super leg, because this was not two separate legs, this was a, a two-part leg. I'm putting my foot down on this one because they did it in the entire same day. They checked in at the, the dummy pit stop in the middle at, like, midday, and then went to do the second leg. And they started all this at, like, when was the... Because I know Phil woke them at four, at four in the morning, so... I'm guessing production got them all ready to their confessionals and were probably switching by about five in the morning. And then it was still still daylight when they checked into the pit stop in Harare, so couldn't have been a I guess about thirteen hour day? Still a pretty long day. After traveling for thirty hours and I'm guessing they didn't sleep that much in the tent. And teams must now head back to Harare and find a haberdashery. And they have eighteen dollars for this leg of the race. And Christy and her partner keep failing at the, the poacher detail. Just keep failing over and over again. And they ask Evan for help. And Evan says, no, this is a game and I'm not risking my partner's safety because of you. Evan's uh, been receiving a lot of hate on social media. It started to escalate about two weeks ago and then after this, this double episode, it's reached a peak. Do you see some of those comments, Michael? Yeah, she's not a team player. She she never shares, and she hates Mondays, and what a bitch. But seriously, why why would they even ask someone who's just coming into the challenge? You know, help me, help me, because obviously they're having a hard time. They want help straight away. So why why would anyone help them? Because only you help each other if you're both having difficulties. So maybe if Evan was there for ten minutes and still couldn't do it then ask but why why would you think you're so entitled for help when just arrived it annoyed me and also going into this you have to bear in mind these two had the top two averages going into this leg so why on earth would you help the two teams who are probably going to be your major rivals why would you help them at all it's a game you are nearly two-thirds of the way through the season and you're not going to give someone else an advantage 
and help them when this is the first time all season that they have really both struggled. Mm. And Evan could have easily said, oh, look, I don't even know if I can do it yet. And if she did it the first time, which she did, then good, you're out of there. Just why do people expect things? Maybe what she should have done if she heard the stories from the previous robot is give them a couple of incorrect answers, but give them the most of the correct answers, just a few incorrect ones. <laughs> just give it to Dave. <laughs> the crazy thing on social media, too, is that people are, are always the one person on social media saying, oh, Evan has this appearance of this really nice and cute girl, but she doesn't play up to that image at all. Look at the way she treats Henry and the way she was wearing the pants in the relationship and the way she just yells at him. The person just keeps going on and on and a few people are agreeing, are agreeing with that assessment. The fact of the matter is, that is out-and-out out misogyny. Yeah, saying, oh, she, she, didn't, she looks like such a cute person, I can't believe she would be so cutthroat and not help people and sacrifice her own race. I know for a fact that if Michelle was in that situation, she would do the exact same thing. Because Michelle is competitive. Evan has been brought up to be competitive. The point of it is, she's not going to help a team who A, probably won't help her down the line, and B, are probably going to be some of her major rivals down the line. Like, the online comments sound like like the losers that I would see in the bar who are like, oh, there's this cute girl over there, but she's not even looking at me. What a jerk. Like, come on. <laughs> Why... <laughs> Why, just because of physical, somebody's physical appearance, do they have to live to very up to very specific expectations because of that? Come on now. Seriously. That sort of a comment really frustrates me, purely because it's a game, it's not the amazing friendship. It's the amazing race. And if you want to win a million dollars, and a million dollars at Henry and Evan's age is life-changing money, then you've got to go hard or go home. And I'm sorry if that's a little bit brutal, but it's true. I certainly don't begrudge Evan for not helping him. No, I don't at all. I mean, if they're all having troubles, yeah, work together. But, you know, Evan didn't even know if she was going to have a problem. <sighs> people. People. <laughs> How many times do I say people? A lot, Michelle, is the answer. <laughs> After yes. 50 podcasts with you, I can say that. And also, we're sleeping on the fact that Logan is also celebrating a milestone today, because it's his 160th. Oh, what a milestone. More importantly, next week's my 200th. My goodness. Yeah, that's a milestone. I expect a full party. I want a cake. I expect a (laughs) room full of parties. I expect 10,000 tons of ice cream. And if I don't get the things I am after, I'm (laughs) going to scream. <laughs> I would like a cake delivered by next Saturday. I'll have to talk to your mother. <laughs> um, one thing about Evan that did drive me a little bit crazy was when um, Evan had already finished. She's waiting at the pit stop and she sees them running towards them and she says, You guys got this. What? Got what? Running 50 metres towards a pit stop? Seriously? One of Michelle's lead favourite phrases. <laughs> oh, you, you got, got this. this. Just move at a reasonable pace to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't fall over a rock. Don't fall over the rock or trip over the elephant shit right there. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. And the best thing about, um, about 
Evan and Daniel's entrance is the fact that Phil turns around and goes, is that Eric or Daniel? I can't tell. I can't tell them apart. To be honest with you, I never really talked to them. Oh, and then Jen, Jen's waiting at the pit stop and she sees Christy and Rick running and she yells out like from the distance, nice job, ladies. And I'm thinking, what's the nice job coming last? What is the nice job? Running along, not falling over. (laughs) Thanks for screwing up our team average. Way to not finish in the top three. (laughs) Way to put an asterisk if we do finish in the top three for the rest of the season. Way to go, ladies. (laughs) <laughs> and Evan and Daniel arriving fourth and Henry and Eric arriving fifth means that they, as a combined intersected pair of teams, leave second. And it's a keep on racing leg. I think it would have been more interesting to eliminate someone here, honestly. Yeah, everyone gets to switch back into their original partners, except for the team that loses their partners. Yeah, so you've got to wait for your partners to check in. Oh, but by the way, you're seeing them go home. Bye. Have fun. I didn't realize this until now, but I have this in my notes, that the one racer from a certain team wanted to punch Evan in the face. Yeah, that's Mm. the point where I go, actually, this isn't Big Brother anymore. That's seriously, that's got people kicked out of Big Brother before. And also, it's unacceptable in real life. What did the nose ring ever do to you? The only bull from that nose ring is the stuff coming out of your mouth. And once teams get to the haberdashery, they find out it's another double U-turn. Yay! An unannounced double (laughs) U-turn. I think that might be a first where teams got no notice of it until they saw the double U-turn board itself. Yeah, and that is a really quite mean twist. And once again, it's before any of the tasks. Much to the internet's ire. And Lucas and Brittany do U-turn an unnamed team. And Alex and Connor U-turn Henry and Evan. Did you guys know the term haberdashery? I did, yes. No. (laughs) <laughs> or as Australia calls it, a bloody habbo. No, we don't. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I just wondered if you guys knew it. Because I, I don't know whether it's a, just a girl term that we know. I'm a quizzer, Michelle. I know everything. Right, yo. Can I test that? What is a haberdashery? It's exactly what you saw on the show. Okay. Some random shop. <laughs> <laughs> With fabric. With fabric. <laughs> Okay, like a well, yeah. a Terrari. That could have been just any random store. We didn't get a, we didn't get like an inside and outside look at it. Didn't do a tour no, of it. Could have been somebody's house for all I know. Lots of material in there. And in the world's most boring detail, it's handle with care or just get it there. And in handle with care, team teams must travel to a shopping mall and deliver seven packages from the mailroom to the various businesses. And once they exchange the seven packages for their outgoing mail and return it to the mailroom, they'll get their next clue. And in Just Get It There, teams must roll two tyres half a mile through the market to a truck to get their next clue. Why didn't anyone U-turn Jen and Christy? They're such a strong team, yet no one even put their names up. I think they are quite friendly with certain teams who are at the, the front of the pack. And Christy and Jen do seem to love working with other teams, given that they nagged Evan to try and uh, get an alliance with her. And now they're working with literally anyone they can find. Well, they even explained it at the start of the episode back when they were still in Prague that a certain team was close with Christy and Jen and respected them as competitors and that Alex and Connor also respected them as competitors. So they were just generally well-liked and respected and were open to working with teams when when it was uh, convenient to, to do so. In contrast to, say, Henry and Evan, who I know were very distant from the other teams. This has come out from a lot of other teams that have said that, like, Henry and Evan weren't hated at all by the other teams. They just 
no one really got to know them and didn't exactly give the friendliest impression. They really wanted to quote unquote run their own race, which works well in season five of Amazing Race Canada, but doesn't really work well in almost any other season ever. And then, of course, a certain team got U-turned because they don't exactly have the best relationship with uh, Lucas and Brittany. And I'm picking up on a subtle hint that Evan may have competed in debate before. Do you think she has? I mean, she's she doesn't mention it much. That nose ring must intimidate a lot of our competitors. Comes from a place of love, Henry and Evan, if you discover this podcast. I, I love you, really. And I just have one note, which is, wow, this detour is boring. Do you see the man under the drive safely sign? Yeah, I wonder if it's a sign that Alex and Connor ever follow. Oh, we get, another, we get more stupid Alex and Connor IndyCar references, because they keep saying, like, oh, I wish we were allowed to drive into Harari. I'm like, okay, we get it, but you're not allowed to, so shut up. There's a very good reason you're not allowed to, and that's the fact that you might get kidnapped. Yeah, it always, actually, I'm very surprised that we got a Harari leg on the Amazing Race at all, because just knowing what I know from people who used to live and grew up in Zimbabwe, that it's not the easiest uh, place to live in, or it's not the most stable place to uh, live in, that's for sure. Yeah, conveniently, when Mugabe was deposed, basically, I saw on my Facebook a status by a guy who I work with, who I didn't even know was Zimbabwean, basically celebrating the fact that he was out. Yeah, because, like, did I tell you about the hostel I stayed at in uh, San Pedro? I think in so, Spain. but you can repeat it. Yeah, this is when I stayed with the... She uh, was, like, born... She lived in Zimbabwe until she was, like, in her mid-30s, I think. She owned a hostel in San Pedro, and she was just telling me how growing up in Zimbabwe that so many people were fleeing that her husband got to be vice president of this big company, some big international corporation or something like that, just because so many people that were supposed to be president of this company kept (laughs) trying to leave the country. And, like, you can't... Like, all the hospitals there, you don't really find any good care anywhere. A lot of the instruments aren't really uh, sterile... And what else? Oh, and that neighbors had to share very specific rations, even like the really, because they were fairly well off in Zimbabwe. But you just didn't know when a certain supply, a certain essential, like a toiletry would uh, be available in store so that you'd have to be constantly sharing with your neighbors or how people would pay tourists that would come in to be like, we'll treat you to whatever you want in Zimbabwe. But once you get out we have to give our government all the money that we have, really, to flee Zimbabwe, and then once we're on the outside, if you would be willing to let us, like, stay with you or help us get on our feet once we're out of Zimbabwe. And, of course, a lot of tourists would just take advantage of the locals that way, is a lot of the stories I heard. And then the reason why they left Zimbabwe is when Mugabe was annexing various people's uh, properties within Zimbabwe, he would just give them to his friends or random officials in the government, people who didn't even run these big farms and all these uh, other things within Zimbabwe. So just that's why everything crashed economically that way too. And then uh, what made them leave Zimbabwe is because some of their friends opened up an orphanage, I think, to help uh, people who had lost their parents during the the whole uprising for independence and were taking care of these orphans. And then, uh, military came through and murdered the people running the orphanage as well or murdered the people running the orphanage as well as some of the children there and that's when the family said okay we have to leave zimbabwe now oh lovely 
and Christian Jen leave just in first, and Seabrooks now find Harare Gardens to find their next clue. That's quite the transition, Michael. I'm actually impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucas and Brittany leave in second. And on the way out, Jen helps Henry and Evan much to Christie's disgust. It's proper Christie stink face. Mm, not happy. And in more Alex and Connor dopey moments, they deliver their tyres to the wrong truck. I wanted that oh, truck Lord to drive Lord. so damn bad. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I can see them running down the road. Hey! <laughs> and Henry and Evan complete just in third. But the guy on the truck says, got nothing for you. Head back to camp. Mm-hmm. That was a very propsty moment. That's what I wrote down, too. He, like, was copying probes almost verbatim. <laughs> and handle with care is incredibly frustrating, because just because you're on the right floor for a business doesn't mean you're actually in the right area. That mall was neat. It was. I can imagine that task is very frustrating, though. Yeah, and no said, it, it doesn't look like any mall she has ever been to. Why would it? All American malls are the same. They're just You wouldn't even know what town you're in if you're inside them. They're all the same. It's nice to travel the world and see something different. And at Harare Gardens, teams must learn a song in Shona and perform it, including dance moves, to get their next clue, much to Lucas's disgust. So anything to do with my Shona from the 60s? Or my Bologna? Surprisingly, you've not got a knack for what this task was. <laughs> <laughs> My Sharona jokes. What has my life become? Um, and Alex and Connor leave just in third when they actually find the right truck. And they help a team who shall not be named. Eric and Daniel leave Handle With Care in fourth. And Jen says she loves performing just on skis, not singing and dancing. And Alex also hates music. That's why she's a skier and not a figure skater. I'm wondering if she works, Jen works at like a club med. Because, you know, when you're in club med, you, you're just skiing during the day. And if you're an instructor and then at night time you have to perform in their shows. Because otherwise, well, how else is she performing and skiing at the same time? Well, X Games is all about not necessarily being the fastest, but doing tricks and stuff, isn't it? I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she was going down the track of singing and dancing and stuff like that. No, it was, it's more the sort of hyping up the crowd and stuff, I think. Okay. I think the tricks are called illusions, Michael. Yeah, tricks are what hoarders for money. Or crack. Rest of development. And I'm assuming this is a quote from Evan, but I have it completely without context, which is, I can't get it with two hands. I think I wrote that one too. <laughs> I have no idea who's responsible for it, but it will make its way into the next face cream clip. I think it was, what was it, Brittany that said that she needed more muscle on the back end right after the partner swap when she picked Alex. That's the reason why she picked him. And then she said, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Ooh, partner swap. <laughs> a, a partner swap, or a Jeff and Jackie every tonight, it's more commonly known. And Henry and Evan do leave Handle With Care in fifth with a team who shall not be named, leaving just in last. And everyone sucks at the performing task. I bet Trevor and Chris wouldn't have sucked at the task. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're more classical music. I don't know how they would do with this genre. Yeah, but they are more musical than literally everyone else left. How we wish they could have overcome the U-turn. And Henry and Evan both point out that they speak other languages, which is helpful to this sort of task. So they get the language down pretty quickly. Definitely. That was really good. The firefighters helped the other two teams that were U-turned way too much during the detour. Like, way too much. I know they're going to be like, oh, that's in our nature, but it's not really the most competitive season ever when a team of firefighters is just saying, oh, 
this is how you can catch up and eventually pass us. Here you go. And on the other hand, from Henry never doing very well, Eric and Daniel are as bad as you think. They are pretty damn terrible at this task. There were a lot of terrible people. They just, they couldn't get the beat, or just couldn't keep in time. Oh, I don't get it, because I can keep beat and stuff like that, but I find it really funny and distressing at the same time. Eric and Daniel especially, though, they don't like being at the forefront of attention, you can tell. So this sort of task is an absolute nightmare for them. We don't do well in the spotlight. (laughs) And (laughs) it's Lucas and Brittany who leave in first after five attempts, and teams must now find the first street pedestrian mall, the pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in, may be eliminated. A favourite quote of mine by Alex and Connor is saying, oh, we look stupid as usual. Thinking, yes, Connor. (laughs) That's That's like the story of Connor's life. Just wrapped up in one sentence. (laughs) He's the punching bag of the season, bless him. He's the Logan of the amazing phrase. He basically is. And Christy and Janet leave in second after six attempts. And they're just in time to see Lucas and Brittany win their second leg of the race. And they win a second honeymoon to St. Lucia. And everyone gets ice cream. Yeah! Ice cream! Makes everything better. That's a nice ending. And weirdly, Lucas and Brittany have won two legs, and Christy and Jen have come in second on both of those legs. Yeah. It's legs where they have very contrasting uh, skills, like Lucas and Brittany clearly have rhythm and beat and Lucas's uh, ability to build things. And then Christy and Jen don't speak music, and Christy even has a censored F-bomb on screen a couple times, which amused me. Which is a front-runner for the banner, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And Christy and Jen are, of course, second. Henry and Evan get rejected quite quickly. And then Alex and Connor leave in third. Henry didn't wear his glasses. Do you notice that? Henry, like, Henry removed his glasses for this task. And even better, he had, like, Beatles-style sunglasses in the confessionals at the end of the leg. Yeah, like, where, where did this Henry come from? <laughs> he's not Henry, he's Henry. As in, as in the sun ray? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, it's his alternate personality. That's when he only wears sunglasses. It's Henry. Exactly. UV Henry. And Alex and Connor leave in third. And what are Alex's greatest achievements? Oh, we skipped down a bit in my notes, so I have to try and find them. Oh, here we go. Oh, I didn't actually write it down. Damn it. I believe it was making his Formula One debut, winning the Indy 500, and singing oh, yeah. on The Amazing Race. <laughs> it must have been a huge achievement then. God. And what are your greatest achievements, Michelle? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, okay, having children, I suppose. You don't like your children, um, so that's a moot point. That's <laughs> an iffy. We'll, we'll table that one for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, coming second twice in a race I do around Sydney. I wish I could say first. Couldn't win. It's yeah. not an achievement. Well, second's still an achievement out of, like, a hundred people. Second is first loser, Michelle. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it's like me saying coming second on the code. Still lost. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but the top three teams get prizes. So, yeah, you didn't get any prize on the code. I got a wonderful day out and the satisfaction of pulling an almighty prank on you, Michelle. That's all I needed. <laughs> is that one of your special things? <laughs> It is by far one of my favourite things we've ever done on the podcast. I'm not even going to lie. It was so much fun to constantly sneak those references past you. You're funny, Michael. 
<laughs> well, I knew how you'd react. That's the thing. If I'd done it to anyone else, they might have been a bit pissed with me. But but you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. You were proud of us both. Mm. <laughs> it was so good. I'm proud of anyone I know who gets onto television because it's hard to get onto television. Oh, it is. I mean, I basically got a gimme with the code and it still wasn't easy. Mm. And what are your greatest achievements, Logan? Let's ask a different question. What does Michael think is my greatest achievements? Uh, <laughs> getting rid of that grotty hoodie. Yeah, that's 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 actually pretty high up there. <laughs> um, not killing me in the two weeks when we were traveling together. Not killing each other. Not killing yeah. each other. Um, we came fourth in the quiz in Dublin. That was an achievement. Yes. I think one of Logan's greatest achievements was getting out of his comfort zone and traveling all the way overseas and doing all that stuff that he did. I think that was fantastic. That's probably close. That's probably, probably going to mean that's actually probably number one on my list right now. Surviving three months around Europe is definitely an achievement. Almost four. And a week solo in Cuba, an apartment that frequently had its power shut down, including when I was in the elevator when the power went out. Now that was a freaky experience. I never, I always took the stairs after that, even though the apartment was on the ninth floor. That was brutal. Another achievement, managing to get maybe the best seat at the Kaurong finale. Oh, yes. Oh, did I tell you that Mark Highfield messaged me uh, a week ago? Yeah, he messaged me as well. Yeah, because he was like, he was like, is that you on the finale? Because him and his girlfriend have been watching Survivor for the past two years, just watching through all the seasons for the first time. And I guess they're on co-ronks. They're like, was that you, man? I'm like, you didn't know that? You didn't know I was sitting beside Dr. Joe? How'd you not know that? Uh, another achievement, being in the same room as Tyler Oakley and not wanting to strangle him. Yeah, he, Tyler Oakley, you know, the, my <laughs> neck is no redness on my neck. Um, what else are Logan's achievements? Being heavily intoxicated at not one, but two amazing race finale parties. Oh, actually, someone said to me the other day, they watched an old Survivor finale and said, mm -hmm. I'm sure I saw Logan there. And I said, yes, it was him. So there's another achievement, getting to the Survivor finale. Is there a satellite delay here? We've literally just talked about that. Yeah, we just talked about it. Yeah, but I was just saying that someone else talked to me about it. That was all. Yeah, but it was probably Mark Highfield. He's been watching it recently. Um, what else are Logan's achievements? Yeah, you've lived a sad life otherwise. Yeah. Pretty uneventful. Um, what are your... Oh, yeah, the code was your greatest achievement, Michael. Yeah, obviously. What else? G getting your driver's license before me. I still haven't gotten my driver's license. After six attempts. After six attempts. Two more Two more than Boston Rob. Hey, at, le at least you actually earned it, and, like, Jet and Cord haven't won anything. So, um, let's see... Being able to talk to the winners of Hunted from the American version for like five hours last year in an interview. It's got to rank high up there. Not just that, but completely befriending Lee and Hilmarth and mm -hmm. Beth and all the family. Uh, and? You can chip in, Michelle. Don't make me sound like a sado. I, I just did. I did it before. I didn't know we had to chip into each other's. You can chip in more. <laughs> you can make me feel better about my sad little life. <laughs> Oh, you're going to make it to Japan before me. Very sure I am, because I'm going in October. Yeah, and I think I'm going to go in, hopefully, by December. Yes, but none of you will come as far south as Australia, will you? Even though I'm, you're yeah, down I'm coming here. to Australia. When I go to Japan, I'm going to Australia. Yeah. <gasps> Yay! 
you? Because I'm doing like uh, most of the time that I because I'm doing backpacking through Asia and Australia. That's what I'm because I'm doing South America for three weeks at the end of April slash early May because I'll be staying with Maggie for a week of it because she's going home to see her family in Argentina too. So uh, I think she's there for like two weeks. So a week of it, I'll be with her and her family. And then I'm exploring other places around South America. And then in December, I'm going to backpack through Asia and Australia for a few months and then possibly come back through Eastern Europe and stuff. So I make it an around the world trip. Wow. Subway's going to miss you. They already do. I've, I start, I've started packing my own <laughs> lunch for work now. For those of you oh, no. Uh, yeah. So somebody's going to be laid off from Subway, uh, multiple people probably, if I uh, keep this up. <laughs> and weirdly, I was having this conversation with the Australian at work. He was like, why have you never been to Australia before? I'm like, well, it's far away. I've got friends over there. I've got an excuse when I want to go. It's just far away. Yes, yes. And what do you consider Michelle's greatest achievements, Logan? Um, winning my Survivor ORG. Oh, God, yes! She won, she won season five. That was how we first knew each other, was when she applied for my game and won the season. That was pretty amazing, actually. It was one of the funnest games ever hosted. Mm, that's good. And I would consider Michelle's greatest achievements doing 50 podcasts with me. <laughs> Ringing it back around. Yeah, just just being able to get through that many with you, Michael, is just incredible. Putting up with me and my constant tangents and my insistence that you hate your family for 50 yeah. episodes now. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it existed maybe for the first 20, did it? I got away scot-free back then. Life was good. It was Hunted Series 2, wasn't it? So, yeah, you're probably not that far off, actually. <laughs> Which detour would you guys have chosen for this, like? The tires. Yeah, the, t- the tires looked a lot easier. Yeah, rather than the random scavenger hunt through the mall. All you had to do was, yeah, you just had to roll tires that seemed like in a straight line until you got to the place. Yeah, and they didn't look too heavy. I mean, I've moved tires in work before, but they didn't look too bad. I'm sure Eric and Daniel, if they chose that task, would have said that it would have been tiry. <laughs> and Alex and Connor check in in third, and we get another Connor moment of uh, him shouting, What's up? <laughs> yeah, right in the middle of Harari. <laughs> That's how you stick out as a tourist. And in a more awkward moment, Henry and Evan check in right after, and there's a wonderfully awkward chat about the Eton. It wasn't as awkward as it could have been. They both both teams seemed pretty chill by it. Alice and Connor were like, you guys are the strongest team. Good job on not being uh, even close to last place this leg. That, this, this is pretty much why we had to U-turn you, because we don't think any more U-turns are coming up for the rest of the season. And they who shall not be named check in in fifth, because she has a cyborg which is everything we've been saying before. She has a UFC women's featherweight champion as her teammate? Yep. Huh. It'd have more personality. And Brazilian. And that means that Eric and Daniel are the last team to check in, and they are eliminated from the race. Their exit confessional was so frustrating. They said, oh, our Achilles heel was our singing. No, it wasn't. It was you helping all of the other U-turn teams. Otherwise, you probably would have survived this leg because you didn't seem like you were that far behind. Or if you just misled the other two teams, which, I mean, then I think they may have not wanted to do that because it may have been quote-unquote dirty gameplay. 
But still, if they misled either Henry and Evan or that other team, they definitely would still be alive or just not help them at all, and they would probably still be alive that way too. It's like they ignited themselves, and that was it. They flamed out. Yeah. And Connor's dancing was like a compared it to a Motley Crue concert during that task, and I think that description <laughs> was fairly accurate. Or what was, what was with that old guy who kept swarming the teams whenever they got it right? Like, he was, he got really up and personal with some of those racers. I forget who, but he was, like, really, like, whoa. Was that the guy who was singing originally? Yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah, Brittany, gets, Brittany got mobbed by him. That's what it was. Brittany got a tackle, pretty much got tackled by him. <laughs> he is apparently the son of the guy who originally sang the song. Yeah. That's kind of cool. According to Alex. So, next time teams head to the brand new country of Bahrain, Henry and Evan fight, the team who shall not be named search, and someone loses a passport. They actually do lose a passport, or is this just a fake-out? I'm not sure. But more importantly, they've released a clip of the uh, Thailand episode where it looks like there is another evil roadblock of people having one team member has to eat scorpions while the other gets scorpions put on them. Oh. I thought the roadblock would be like you have to help Liz and Marie uh, from Amazing Race 19 get through Thailand without any money. Literally. 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 And and then literally have scorpions on them. I'd rather eat scorpions than have them on me. I know which one Logan would choose. Yeah, just have them on me. I mean, then it's not like they're going to kill me or anything. Just as long as they avoid oh, the eyes. It hurt. Pain. I prefer that than eating them. Pain is temporary, winning the Amazing Races forever, Michelle. Yes. So who do you think is going next week? Because let's be honest, one of these episodes is going to be a non Uh Alex and Connor, maybe? Yeah. Logan? Um, let's see. Yeah, I would assume the Bahrain like, has to be the non-elimination, because they just don't like to do Final Four non-eliminations anymore. So that means Thailand's elimination. Six of the teams were tied in the in the last leg. Um, yeah, let's go with Alex and Connor. Why not? Connor's going to his bonus choke choke uh, worse than ever. If, any, if, any, if anybody's going to choke right before the final four, the final leg, it's going to be Connor. Interesting. Oh, and I'm you always say interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I know. I know the boot <laughs> order, Michelle. I can't say anything, can I? I know. I love how you say interesting. It's like I can't work out. Are we totally wrong? Are we right? <laughs> no comment. So is there anything else to say about this like before I can finally go to bed after this double podcast day? I'm glad that we got two full Zimbabwe legs and not just go into Victoria Falls or the just over the tip into an orphanage. We got a full safari leg as well as a proper uh, city leg within Harare, although it seemed like the travel within Harare was somewhat limited. Mm. I don't think we'll ever see Zimbabwe again. I hope we get like Rwanda or Gabon. Next time, because I feel like there's a, there's still a few safe countries uh, in Africa for them to visit, that's for sure. Or like the southern part of Nigeria. That would be really cool. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to this URT Number podcast. You can join us next weekend for episodes 9 and 10. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Harmstone for me, Log Super Kawaki for Logan, and Bear 3333333333 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. Yeah, yeah.
耶哦耶哦耶哦耶，爸爸，巴斯巴诺克里巴内吉图。耶哦耶哦耶哦耶，爸爸，耶哦耶哦耶，你不耶耶哒哒。That's it. Anyway, let's see. Do you like it? See how you go. Bye. Never shares. Ah,、oh, hates Mondays.